In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, thank you for singing that hymn. Pretty good. That's kind of our first time we sung that as a congregation. The choir did sing it once, but it's a little difficult, but did very well. Yes. Thanks to our organist, too. Um, I'm going to do two things here. I'm going to retell you this story because there's a lot of details I don't want you to miss. And the bottom line is I want, I want you to be able to picture very clearly the story in your mind as it happens. So that won't take too long. I'm going to retell the story. And then second part will be uh, what, how do you apply this okay, for yourself today? And it's going to be pretty, pretty good and not too hard. So first of all, let's, let's get this story in our mind. I know not all of you have a picture in your mind of, of all the geogra- uh, geography there of the Holy Land, but you've got the Sea of Galilee, which is the area up north where Jesus does a lot of his, a lot of his work. And they had gone, they had sailed across the Sea of Galilee to the east, uh, east side of it, and there he had done some work. He had healed a man who was possessed by a demon. I know you remember the story. He sends the demons into a herd of pigs, and they go off a cliff into the water. Well, that kind of freaked everybody out. So they told him, please leave our country. And so he sailed back across the Sea of Galilee. I'm sure some other things happened, but that's the gist of it. And he, when he gets back to the other side, he's right by Capernaum, that city where he's done most of the work. So everybody's waiting for him. They've seen some of the things he's been doing already, his miracles, he's been healing people who are sick, and um, they're wondering where he's been. <laughs> okay, So they're ready for him when he comes back. They're all waiting there on the shore, a pretty good crowd, the boat, they, they land and they get off, and all of a sudden here everybody wants him again. Well, word gets around really quickly, and two people in particular now that we're going to focus on, they come to find him. The first one is Jairus. Now, here's the thing that I I don't want you to think I'm adding to the text. Matthew is, he is the shortest version of this, of these two miracles. Luke and Mark record a lot more little details, so I'm bringing in the details from Luke and Mark. So if you're saying, wait a minute, I don't see this in the reading today. Well, it may not be. It may be from what Luke or Mark tells us. So Jairus comes, and he's a ruler of the synagogue, so he's Jewish and, uh, you know, has... Compared to like an elder or a pastor today in a church, he, he's an important person in the synagogue in Capernaum. He comes, gets down on his knees before Jesus and says, please come to my house. My daughter is dying. Now again, Matthew shortened it. Okay, He was just, for the sake of time and for what he wanted to record, he just says the daughter has already died. But from Mark and Luke, we know she hasn't died yet. She's very near death. She's dying. Please, Jesus, please come and lay your hand on her. And Jesus says, okay, all right, let's go. So now, this is the picture I want you to have in your mind. Now we've got a big crowd of people. They're all going to Jairus' house in Capernaum. So imagine, this is not exactly the same, but I think one of the easiest examples for you to picture this, imagine you've just been at like a big football game or a big basketball game. You're all coming out of the stadium at the same time. Okay, it's crowded, you know, you you're, can't get your steps right. That's kind of what it's like. There's a big crowd, and this woman now comes, who for 12 years, 12 years, that is a long time to suffer. In our, in our pastor's handbook that we have for when we go to do visits, 
There is a specific section for people with chronic illness. That means an illness that doesn't go away. So that could be pain that just never goes away. In this woman's case, it's bleeding. Can you imagine? Okay, 12 years. Now she, Luke and Mark tell us, again, this is details I'm bringing in for you, they tell us that she had been to every physician she could find. No one could help her, but in fact, she got worse. So there's a big crowd around Jesus, and she can't like get right up in front of him. So what does she do? Tries to come from behind and just get her arm in close enough to touch his clothes. Jesus senses something has happened. Again, this is Mark and Luke telling us. He says, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples say, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. This, you know, we're in this crowd here. And he says, no. He looks around. Here's this woman. She comes, falls down before him, and Jesus says, your faith has saved you. Okay? Now, right at that moment, right at that moment, as they've been stalled, remember, they've been stalled getting to Jairus' house, right at that moment, here come the servants from his house and say, and I read somewhere, and I think this is probably true, they, they probably whispered in Jairus' ear, they said, hey, your daughter has died. Don't bother the teacher anymore. That's exactly what they say. Jairus, you know, his head falls, all hope is lost, his daughter's died. And what does Jesus say? Jesus knows exactly what's going on, and he says to Jairus, and these are the words I'm going to be giving you a lot, he says to Jairus, don't be afraid, only believe. Okay, don't be afraid, only believe. So they go to the house. There's a big crowd. Everybody's mourning. You know, they, they bring in the mourners. Everybody's crying, playing the flutes. And Jesus says, everybody leave. She's not dead. She's sleeping. And they make fun of him. You know, you hear it. They, they laugh at him. They mock him like he's an idiot. And, but he sends everybody away. They go into the house with Peter, James, John, with Jairus, the mom, the daughter, and he touches her, takes her by the hand, and she rises, okay? Don't be afraid, only believe, okay? Now, what does this have to say? What does Jesus have to say to you and me today? What we need to see is the image is exactly the same for us. We also are walking with Jesus. We are walking with Jesus. Paul uses that word all the time, walking. You're walking, you know, you're, you're the pilgrim walking to your home in heaven. And Jesus is walking with you. And as you walk along the way, just like Jairus, you hit roadblocks. Things that make you afraid. I mean, imagine, imagine Jairus, he just finds out his only daughter, only daughter, 12 years old, 12 years old. That's, that's right in between two of my girls, okay, 12 years old. Imagine, he is scared. Don't be afraid, Jesus says. There are, there are roadblocks that make us afraid and make us, make our faith, I want to say it the right way, make our faith waver, make us doubt. One time, Valerie and I were driving from Fort Wayne, where, where we were going to seminary, home. And we think it might have been Thanksgiving, but we're not, we're not positive. So it might have been this time of year. But uh, we get, so that's a five-hour drive. You go from Fort Wayne, you go through Indianapolis, and then come to Southern Illinois. And we're in our little Ford car, and, and um, we get about half hour, 45 minutes in, and on the interstate, and just dead stop. 
And you have to remember, I know it's hard to remember what things were like even 20 years ago or something, but um, you have to remember, you did not have Google to tell you what was going on ahead. You couldn't just open the app and say, what's going on here? No, we had no idea. All we could see was car. So three hours, okay? You probably all have similar experiences. Three hours. The car is overheating because <laughs> it doesn't like to just sit there and idle, and it was an old car. And uh, Valerie and I are overheating. <laughs> and uh, we're getting pretty upset and uh, probably taking it out on each other. But, um, you know, that is what a roadblock does. It makes you afraid. I mean, we weren't, in that case, that afraid. But you understand, there were things we were quite worried about. And um, we were very much doubting. Were we ever going to get out of here? Okay? So now, that's what happens all the time in life. Roadblocks. Like death. Okay? Like Jairus. On his way home. His only daughter. Here comes death and blocks his road. He's scared. His faith is wavering. And Jesus, right next to him, says, don't be afraid. Only believe. The apostles and the women on Good Friday, same roadblock, death. Everything they think they've hoped for, do you remember what happens after Good Friday? They lock themselves in a room because they're afraid. That's exactly what it says. They're afraid. They're doubting everything as Jesus has said. And Jesus comes Easter evening. Peace be with you. Don't be afraid. Believe. Okay? Now, the same is true then for you. Death will often be a roadblock. You'll be going along, walking through life, doing doing very well, the Lord is blessing you, taking care of you, your faith is strong, you're not afraid, and boom, your husband or wife dies. Or boom, you lose your mom or dad. Someone who has been there every second of your life, and now they're not there. And you're afraid. And you think, what am I going to do now? Who am I going to go to? Who's going to take care of me? Okay? And your faith starts to waver. What happened to them? Where are they really? Okay. Maybe it's a child, even a grandparent. That's what death does. It's this roadblock that Jairus experiences. But we stop, we turn to who's walking with us, and he says, don't be afraid. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Don't be afraid. Only believe. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not die but will have eternal life. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Or how about sickness? That's the other example we've got today. For 12 years, she's had this chronic illness. Do you think her faith was a little shaken? Do you think she was afraid? I mean, think of bleeding like this. For 12 years, that's frightening. Her faith is wavering. She, she's got faith there, but it's, you know wavering and here Jesus says take heart daughter your faith has made you well don't be afraid only believe now this is what sickness can do I, I will try to be as clear as I can about this when, when you have an illness it is this roadblock and you think you, you start to think will I ever be what I was will I ever be what I was so maybe you, you become diabetic and you say, 
I'm, I'm never going to be what I was. Okay? I will always have to deal with this. Or you get cancer and you know, your body is just never the same again after the treatments. Or your bowels are messed up. Some people have to live with this all their lives. They'll never, it'll never operate the way it's supposed to again. Okay? Or maybe sometimes you're missing parts of your body that have, have, have had to be removed. This is a huge roadblock. You, you are thinking, I will never be what I was. But Jesus says, don't be afraid, only believe. Whoever believes in me, I will raise up on the last day. Raise up how? With body parts still missing? No. Raise you up with a glori- glorified body, St. Paul says, a perfect body, an immortal body, an incorruptible body. Don't be afraid when your body is not the same. It will be even better. Don't be afraid, only believe. Okay? And finally, one more, suffering. Suffering does this, of course, in big-time measure. Joseph would be an example, and his brother sell him into slavery. He's in prison, gets accused of doing something with Potiphar's wife that he didn't even do. Well, here come the fears. What's going to happen to me? The doubts. Is God really with me? Same with St. Paul. You know, there's one time he's, we just did this not that long ago, Sunday morning Bible study, he's stoned. They think they actually killed him. He, he was stoned and, you know, within an inch of, it, of his life and, and comes back. He's beaten many times. Okay? There are major roadblocks. I don't want to rush through this one because it's important. There are major roadblocks when people make you suffer for your faith. When people attack your faith, okay, you're walking along, trusting God, you believe His Word, you believe His promises, and somebody stops you, a roadblock, they attack your faith. Do you really believe that? Okay. And this is what's happening to a lot of us Christians today. We, the popular opinion now is not with us. It used to be, in our country anyway, popular opinion was with us. Everybody believed what you believe, pretty much, you know, generally. And it's not with us anymore. And that's, that's a roadblock. We start to become afraid. Am I believing wrong? Is there something wrong? Am I doing the wrong thing? Okay, maybe they attack our teachings on creation, where everything came from. Maybe they attack the Bible's teachings on marriage or on family. Maybe they attack our teachings about heaven, the afterlife, about hell or the devil. And here all of a sudden we're like Jairus. We're scared. Our faith is wavering. But here again, we turn and Jesus says, don't be afraid. Only believe. Okay? My word is truth. Okay? My word always accomplishes that for which I sent it. Now, why should you believe? This is the last point. Don't think Jesus means only believe like this. Like he's saying, oh, don't, don't worry about any facts or reason. Just, you just have to have faith. No, no, that's not what he's saying. That is not what Jesus is saying at all. He's not just saying you've got to have this blind, blind faith, blind belief. He is saying, don't let the fears and the doubts take away your faith. Let the fears and the doubts go and only believe. Why should we only believe? Why should Jairus believe? Because he just saw Jesus by the touch of his clothes heal a woman who had been sick for 12 years. Why should you believe? Because Jesus 
went to the house of a 12-year-old girl who was dead, and everybody knew she was dead. They all laughed at Jesus. It's not like you can say, well, maybe she wasn't really dead. No. They knew she was dead. That's why they laughed at it. He goes into her house, a 12-year-old girl touches her. Now, to be fair, Mark and Luke say, he says, girl, I, little girl, I say to you, arise. Touches her, says words to her, and she rises from the dead. And why should you believe? Because he said, hey, everybody, I'm going to go to the cross and die for your sins, and three days later, I will be raised up. And that's exactly what he did. Okay? And you're walking now. Now, this is the big clencher. You are walking like Jairus to your home, okay, to your resurrection from the dead. You are walking to your to paradise, to your home in heaven. There's going to be roadblocks. Every time a roadblock comes up, you look and you see, oh, yes, who's walking with me? The guy who heals the sick and raises the dead. The guy who rose on the third day. The guy who was ascended and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And he says, don't be afraid. Only believe. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.